Welcome to the Indianola First podcast. So music, we've been on this family dynamics thing, right? Music is one of God's greatest gifts to mankind. It's entertaining, it's therapeutic, it can draw empathy and even sympathy out of us for others. It's a vehicle in which we can express our emotions. It can even have a unifying effect, a unifying effect when the style is just so, right? It can transcend across generational boundaries and, and even across cultural barriers. But music, I, I, I need, and I need to tell you this, most of you know I, I was a music major. Um, I didn't finish, but I was a music school dropout before God just got a hold of me in college and called me into full-time ministry. But I studied some things in music for about three years. And I, I need to tell you that music would have no order to it. It would just be noise if it didn't have something that we like to call measures. When the Apostle Paul talked about the use of spiritual gifts in the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 13 and 14, he talked about them being used in reference to love, right? We had the gifts in 12, we had love chapter in 13, and then in 14 he talks about some of the abuses of the gifts and, some, and he added some corrections. And specifically he mentioned that if, if one spoke in an unknown tongue or with the tongues of angels and didn't do it in love, they would be nothing more than a clanging cymbal. I don't know if you've ever heard a clanging cymbal, but it's loud and it's annoying and it's noisy. In other words, without love, heavenly languages are just noise. That's music without order, it's noise. And in the beginnings of musical notation, written down music that was played, that could be written by an author or, or a composer, written down, and then another uh, instrumentalist or another musician could play it, that music that was written down, how did they figure out how to do that? And the beginnings of that can be Track back is nearly 4,000 years. There have been systems of organizing music as long as music's existed, probably further back than we can even trace. And one of the most, again, one of the most valuable tools that we have in music in reference to organizing it is the use of measures. And I wanna show you a picture of a measure some of you might not know. You see measure, that's one measure. And then you see measure, that's another measure. You see the bar lines between separating the music out. You see the treble clef sign over on the, over on the side, and you see the bass clef sign below. And then you see the key signature right there, which is one flat, how many know what that key is? I mean, this is real scriptural stuff, right? You should know this, it's key of F, that's exactly right. One flat's the key of F. Then you see that it's in two, four time, which means what? Two beats per measure and the quarter note gets one beat, right? So that's how it's notated. And you, it's separated in measures by bar lines. Bar lines are essentially boundaries within the music. And just like those boundaries in music create measures and the measures bring order and organization to the music, I want you to hear me here, boundaries in your life will create and bring order and organization to the symphony of your life. You need boundaries. Turn to your neighbor and say boundaries. We need them. Measured boundaries. Measured, thought out, specific boundaries, especially within our family relationships. And this can be difficult for some, especially when you think about it. Uh, all the different family dynamics that come up when you decide to set some of those boundaries. And I, I want to just give you a few examples of situations where family boundaries may be extremely crucial. You have a parent who has never really been in your life except when they need something and they're constantly using you to the point of abuse. Maybe you need a boundary there. You have a teenager that will no, not follow the rules that you have set within your household. You have a meddling mother-in-law or father-in-law they never stop giving their opinions about your decisions and they're always criticizing you. A relative that doesn't have any noticeable relationship with Jesus and is constantly using foul language or engaging in other behaviors around your kids that you don't approve of. Teenagers, maybe you have a sibling that is always taking your things. 
Parents pass away, and there's a snatch and grab going on with your siblings regarding mom and dad's stuff. I hear it all, guys. Funerals, you, some funerals are amazing. I mean, not because someone passed away, but because the family comes together and they're so unified. And sometimes it's nothing but war. I've seen it. Your adult children constantly drop off their kids at your house and are always late in picking them up. I'm not talking to my kids at all. We love our grandkids. I'm good at setting boundaries. If we didn't like it, we'd tell you. I don't even need to say it again, do I? Your adult brother or sister is taking mom and dad for all they're worth financially. Seen it happen. Company is over. Maybe relatives or extended family members. And it's a school night and your kids aren't going to sleep until they leave, but they won't leave. Church is important to your family, but there are other activities on Saturday night that are robbing you and your family from being able to enjoy going to church because everyone's so tired. Sometimes there's even activities that occur on Sunday morning that constantly keep you from attending church like you want to. Might need a border or, or a boundary there. There are times when your church may ask too much of you and your involvement is actually taking too much of your family time. That can be a boundary that needs to be set. You know, we have heads of groups, uh, of different ministry groups in the church, and this group, you know, their heads go like, let's go after this person. And this head over here goes, let's go after that same person. And the heads haven't talked, and they're both going at the same person, and the person who has no boundaries will say, yes to them, and yes to them, and yes to them, right? And then they're too wore out, and the family, actually the church, shoots themselves in the foot because they hurt the family in the process. But honestly, isn't it your job to stand up and say, you know what, I need to put a boundary there, I'm already helping over here and I don't need to help too many places. Somebody say amen, that's good stuff. Someone in your extended family has been charged with sexual misconduct or assault or something like that in the past. Or they've never been charged but you know that they have a history. Do you allow them to come to your family get-togethers? I'm just scratching the surface with these. You can think of so many different family scenarios, but I just wanted to get your mind in that place where you're thinking about your own situation. Because every single person in this room has a different situation. This is a little bit of a hard thing to preach because how do you catch everybody's situation? I absolutely can't. So you've gotta do the thinking on your own. I'm not gonna think for you. Measured, thought out, specific boundaries in these situations can be the difference in family dynamics creating beautiful music or terrible noise. And understand when you set boundaries, you are basically acknowledge and acknowledging and announcing that you have rights. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have rights. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you have rights. As individuals, we have the right to say no, we have the right to express our emotions, we have the right to be ourselves, and we are entitled to our own opinions regarding various situations within the family. Your opinion might be wrong, but you're entitled to it. And I get it, in a perfect world, we would all be able to exercise those rights within the family without fear of rejection from them. But when you throw into the mix the histories of individuals and how they were raised and the fact that we all sin and fall short of the glory of God and there are those of us who try and do what's right based off of scripture and those who don't care what scripture says, this subject of boundaries becomes very, very complex. So I'm, I really just wanna to talk to the Christians today. Any Christians out there? Oh, you're real excited about being a Christian, let me tell you. Some of you are like, woo. I mean, can we just get past the Iowa whoo thing and be like, we're in heaven and we're Christians, we're that excited? Is there any Christians out there? All right, hallelujah. Man, that first time I heard people online shouting louder than you. All right. Talking to Christians today, you can only change yourself. You can't control how others react to your boundary decisions. Did you hear me? 
You can't change or control how others react to your personal boundary decisions, but you can control yourself. We gotta remember that everyone has their own free will. So when you set boundaries with family members and they become angry or they react differently in the way that you had hoped they would, there's nothing you can do about it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't set boundaries. And it doesn't mean you should, you should set boundaries in a way that just makes people mad on purpose. I think very few people do that, but that can happen sometimes. We just have to be balanced. We must never use the rights we have to set boundaries as a means to manipulate or massage situations to appease what our flesh wants. That's a total misunderstanding of boundaries altogether. We can't use our rights as a way to avoid the biblical responsibilities that we have to our family members. Our rights to set boundaries in our relationships are real, though, and they must be coupled with our biblical responsibilities. Everything in life is about balance, church. So I'm gonna come at this from a place that assumes your boundary decisions are righteous in motive and biblical in application. And I have to say this again, I, I can't possibly cover every scenario. So please take these principles and apply them to your specific family situation. Don't merely hear what you want to hear. So here are three principles to keep in mind as you set boundaries in your life. Number one, understand, and write this down, pull out your phone, pull out your pen, write these down, understand your own limitations. Understanding yourself is so key, church to setting boundaries in your life. Every one of us is different. Corey, you are different. <laughs> Devin, you're different. Mac, do I need to say it? You're very different. Ben Carpenter, how different can you get? I mean, let's just look around the room. Look at everybody. Is God not the God of infinite variety? I mean, how did he make us and come up with the plan to make us so uniquely different? And we all are. But when it comes to stuff like this, we want everybody to be the same. We're all different. I... Uh, have different gifts than Pastor Jared. Pastor Jared has different gifts than me. He has different gifts than Pastor Donnie. Pastor Donnie has different gifts than Pastor Amelia, and Amelia has different gifts than me, even though she's my kid. We're all different. Different gifts, different talents, different abilities to withstand certain things. And I've met people who could never have their mother-in-law stay with them for weeks at a time. Don't have to raise your hand if that's you. You don't want to cause a problem in your marriage. And then I've met people in the same family who would let that same mother-in-law stay for months with no problem. Nobody's ability, and hear me in this, nobody's ability or non-ability to have their mother-in-law stay is wrong or even more right than the other. They're just different. We're different. If one family member invites her to stay to gain some kind of selfish favor and get ahead of other family members, then that's wrong, obviously. That's manipulation. And as long as the one who doesn't have the ability to have her over for long periods of time continues to make the efforts to build that relationship and he's not, or, or not having her over or she's not having her over because she just doesn't like her and won't tell her or won't set boundaries or won't even talk to her about what's the issue, then that person's wrong, right? But as long as they're working at the relationship, they're not necessarily wrong to not have them over for extended periods of time. Again, you can't, you can't change or control others. Some of you guys, are, the hamster is just running in your head in regards to your mother-in-law. I'm not talking about anybody specific here. You can control yourself and know your own limitations. This guy and this guy or this gal and this gal who act differently when it comes to inviting mother-in-law over or father-in-law, whoever, Aunt Mabel, I don't care who it is. They're different. Those differences could lie in a, a whole bunch of reasons. Where does our mind go when we think about things like that? We think, oh, she doesn't like her as much as she does. Do you understand that that causes a ton of family drama that we don't need to live in? A ton, if you really think about it. Sometimes it's about personalities mixing. 
this particular person who's going to be company comes over and they mix with this person better, and this person doesn't mix so well with them because of their personality. And guess what? That's okay. Say, that's okay. It's okay. Doesn't mean they have to be mean to each other. Sometimes it's just about personalities mixing. Sometimes it's about personal space. It could be about living space, right? Who's got the space to keep mother-in-law for three months? Some people just don't. Could be about finances. I can't afford to feed mother-in-law. She eats a lot. I didn't say that about myself. Maybe it's the busyness of schedules, that time of life where your family and your kids are young and everything's just busy, 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 and you just can't, but the other person can. And so what happens is this person who can't sometimes, I mean, think about all the different scenarios here. The person who can't invite mother-in-law over, maybe it's just because of busyness, but then they start feeling bad because this person in their family can invite her all the time because they're not so busy. And then they start getting this thing going on in their head like, well, I can't do it. I have to be just like this person. And then they try to do it, and because they can't, they fail, and then they get even more down on themselves. Or maybe this person over here who can is only like, you can't do this. You're you're not right. You're not treating mother-in-law right. You see how these things all happen? Nod your head if you understand where I'm coming from. And they cause problems within family relations, relationships. They, They cause problems within family dynamics that are just, they're just tough. Gotta get that hamster from running so much and the wheel just spins and spins and spins and we think all these things and that's where the devil just has his playground. He just starts adding vain imaginations all over the place. Here's the thing. You got to know your limitations. You got to know who, who you are and just set some boundaries and be happy with that and don't care what that person thinks or says based off of if you've made a healthy boundary that's based off of what we're going to talk about here in a little bit you're going to be just fine. Sometimes it's just about being introverts and extroverts. And it's okay to be either one. We're all different. Wouldn't it be great if someone who really is uncomfortable with companies staying long periods of time? How many, how many have ever heard that phrase, companies like fish, after three days it starts to stink? Yeah. How many would say, just so I'm not on the hook here all by myself, how many would say that you'd rather have company just stay three days and then leave? A couple honest people out there. How many want people to come over and stay as long as they want? I mean, eat you out of house and home, use all your utilities up. Cold showers every day because they use all the hot water. Wouldn't it be great if someone who really is uncomfortable with company staying long periods of time to be able to say openly, I'd love to have you come stay, but could we do three days at the max? You know me, I'm kind of an introvert, and I start feeling edgy whenever I have company over too long. It's not you, it's just me and the way I'm wired. No manipulation, no lies, just someone sharing how they feel with the trust that the person they are talking to will respect their boundary and refuse to be offended. Wouldn't that be wonderful if we could live like that? on both sides, on all sides of the issue, if we weren't offended by somebody else's boundary and if we could set boundaries without offending everybody. It'd be amazing. Truth would reign, right? Matthew 5.37 says just that. Let what you say be simply yes or no. And listen to the rest of this. Anything more than this comes from evil. Think about that. It's okay to share what's in here. And what's going on? Because you're different and you're not like everybody else. Your situation's not the same. Your likes, your talents, your gifts, your personality, your ability to carry heavy burdens is not the same, and that's okay. Somebody say amen, that's good stuff. When things are done out of a feeling of obligation, instead of people expressing their real desires and feelings, This is what happens in families. Years go by, and individuals just keep faking their feelings and even their relationships with other family members. I mean, okay, let's just be real. Family calls you up. Hey, we want to come over for a visit. We're coming down for for a couple weeks in the summer. Can we stay with you? And you're like, sure. You just failed the test. 
Because if your eyes are bugging out of your head and you're like, sure, you're lying. You're lying. Well, I'm lying to protect their feelings, and that's noble. Is it? Let what you say be simply yes or no. Except if you're trying to protect somebody else's feelings and make them feel warm and fuzzy inside. Even though it may be a heavy burden and destroy you. Is that what the scripture says? It just says let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything more comes from evil. Love it. When nobody tells the truth, years can go by. People fake their feelings and their relationships with family members. And when the truth finally comes out, the ensuing blow up can end the relationship with very little hope of reconciliation. And I see it. I see it happen. I've been a part of it. I think of this in reference to raising kids. Sometimes as a parent, you need to be able to look at your children and express that enough is enough. Anybody ever do that before? I'm gonna set a boundary, your, act, your actions, your attitude, whatever it is, it's enough. I'm not, I'm not putting up with it anymore. You've reached your limit regarding a certain behavior that they are displaying. And when you know your limits and you set some boundaries based off those limits, you are simultaneously making your life easier, less stressful, less anxious, while teaching your children to set boundaries themselves. Those things are better caught than taught. And it's okay to be that specific, the specific person that God has made you to be. If there are areas where you can improve and change, then do it. But don't feel as if you have to be something you're not to appease someone else. That's pressure that you don't need. That's pressure that you don't have to put on yourself because God made you different and that's okay. Everybody look at each other, neighbor, one back and forth, and just say, you're different. It's a good thing. I gotta say this too. Quit wasting mental energy on comparing yourself to other people. I'm gonna say that again, because some of you just were too busy saying you're different and laughing about it. You missed it. Quit wasting mental energy on comparing yourself to other people. Stop it. You don't have to do that. Especially in the family. How many family rifts have gone on for years because one brother is trying to outdo the other brother in their worldly pursuits? Who's got the bigger house? Who's got the bigger bank account? Who pulls up in the brand new car at family gatherings? Don't fall into the comparison game. Set a boundary to keep and protect yourself from these things. And don't let other family members suck you into that kind of drama. Oh, look at, look at, look at your brother, man. He really pulled in with a nice car. What are you driving these days? What do you say to that? <laughs> you say paid off? <laughs> I would say I rejoice at the blessings that are being poured out on my brother. Is that not a good thing to say? Someone would say, well, who do they think they are coming in here with that hairdo and those French manicured nails? And... <laughs> we'll have to decide which brother he's talking about, but you know. <laughs> I gotta be careful, he's a sound man today, he'll just cut me off. <laughs> Who do they think they are walking in here like that? And then the family drama starts, right? What a, what a joke, what a waste of mental energy. When the world is dying and needs Jesus and we're wasting our mental capacity and our ability to carry burdens on family stupidity. Wow. Don't fall into the comparison game. Set a boundary to keep and protect yourself from these things and don't let other, mem other members of the family suck you into that. Rejoice at your brother and sister's success even if they get French manicured nails. 
And when you see someone who is more capable in handling or juggling multiple things like careers and family and all the extra things they do, don't set that up as a standard that you have to live up to. The world of social media has just blown that up. We look at it and we're like, how come I can't do that? I can do that, I'm gonna do that. And then we fail and then we beat ourselves up for it. Don't do that, you're different. And probably what's on social media isn't real anyway. If it's on the internet, it has to be true. <laughs> nope. What's good for them may not be good for you. Know and understand your limitations. The other side of this is that you should, you should not condemn someone who can't accomplish, and accomplish everything that you can accomplish, right? You shouldn't just write them off as lazy, incompetent, or unmotivated. That creates these problems too. Know your limitations, set some boundaries, and live according to them, and be happy with that. It's okay, you're different. And when the devil comes in and tells you, oh, you should be doing this, you should be accomplishing this, what's wrong with you? Say, shut up, I know my limitations. And I'm comfortable in my own skin. Husband and wife relationships should have some healthy boundaries too and know those limitations. Often these are unspoken. Just, they shouldn't be, but they are. It take years to figure out, right? Have you ever heard the phrase, I'm not getting remarried, it took 40 years to train that one, and I, you know, I don't think I could do that again. Well, you were the one probably being trained because there wasn't good enough communication to know what the boundaries were. It happened, it happened slow over time sometimes. But there's nothing wrong with sharing your personal boundaries with your husband or with your wife, your spouse. That's called communication, and if you communicate them, it won't take so long for your spouse to figure them out, especially the men. We can only think with one side of our brain at a time, so please tell us what your boundaries are. If you loved me, you'd figure them out. Come on. Throw a guy a bone, right? I mean, it's okay to talk about boundaries. If you say this, it really hurts me. If your voice, the volume of your voice gets above this level, I shut down. That's a good one for me to hear. Because I've got a great big voice and I like to raise it. I don't need a mic. <laughs> I don't know how many times it happened in our house. Quit yelling at me, Dad. I'm like, you think this is yelling? <laughs> you should hear me really yell. Difference in personalities, knowing each other's boundaries, trying to respect them the best we can, apologizing when you don't. And just be honest with yourself about your personal limitations. How will you ever make good decisions in setting personal boundaries if you're not honest with what you can actually do, what you can actually carry, what you can actually accomplish? And it's okay to push yourself. I'm not telling you not to push yourself, but we all have limitations. Sometimes it's just the time of life that you're in. And that is totally okay. Be okay with that. Number two, be intentional in creating boundaries. Number one was what? Understanding your limitations. Number two, be intentional in creating boundaries. Proverbs 21, 19, one of my favoriteest verses in the Bible. It is better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. I'm, I just blanked out and I don't know why I put that scripture there. No, I do. And before you men start looking at your wives and nodding your head, know that the opposite is also true. Better to live alone than with a hot-headed husband or an argumentative man. I know that's not in Scripture, but the principle of this proverb applies to all family relationships, right? The principle is there. Let, let me give you a different perspective on this Scripture. And this is the, the book of Barry or the book of Hesitations or something like that. Go live in the desert by yourself if you are unwilling to set a boundary in how family members treat you. Yes, they have a responsibility to act in a respectful way towards you. That's the heart of the scripture here. But if they act disrespectfully, 
and remember, you can't control them, you need to set a boundary. And if they cross that boundary, that's on them. But if you don't set the boundary and express it to them, it's on you. And make no mistake, when you don't set boundaries, other people will set them for you. Put that phrase up there. When you don't set boundaries, other people will set them for, for you. It's exactly right. People will invade and overtake your time and energy without even knowing it. They can even keep you from fulfilling all that God has for you as they waste your time and suck you dry of mental energy. But if you are the one that refuses to be intentional in creating boundaries, then that's on you, not on them. Most of the time when people step over our unexpressed, unspoken boundaries, we just get annoyed. If they keep doing it, we get angry. Sometimes to the point of talking negatively about them behind their back or trying to avoid them altogether. We justify our own behavior in this by pointing to their annoying behavior. But let's be real, if you won't be intentional in setting and expressing your personal boundaries, then the only person to blame is you. Am I, am I hitting some pay dirt there maybe? In a way, and this is already up there, you forfeit your right to be upset if you remain silent. If you don't share that boundary, you don't have a right to be mad. How are they supposed to know? Are they supposed to be mind readers? They should be walking on eggshells around me in my situation because I have a past and I, I've experienced this, 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 and this, and this. And I, how do they know unless you tell them? They're not mind readers. You know in the moment that you start overly feeling anxious or stressed out when dealing with a family member, how many have ever felt anxious or stressed out in dealing with a family member? Raise your hand and be honest. Okay, everybody. In that moment, that's the moment you should start with some good introspection. What is causing my anxiety? What is causing the stress? What is the real issue here? Why am I so bothered by this? Why is this consuming my mental capacities right now? What steps can I take to avoid these triggers? There's a word we hear a lot today. What boundaries can I create for myself to ensure that I won't keep falling into these emotional potholes? Because how many know those issues with families can become emotional potholes? that we have a hard time crawling out of sometimes. I, I've shared this before, but when I get stressed out and overwhelmed, I know, what I, need, I know what I need more than anything else. I need some backyard time on the dingo. It's therapeutic for me. When my head starts spinning from anxious thoughts, I know that I, 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 just, I just need to get alone with God, and that's a great place for me to do it. I can't hear anything else because the engine's going, I got my earplugs in, and I'm just like, I can talk to God. I get the same thing from playing the piano and singing in the spirit during my personal worship times. It calms me more than anything else. I just need to get alone and worship God for a while and sit in his presence. So when those overwhelming feelings come, it's, it's important to get alone with God. Shut the door, get alone with God. Ask yourself those questions. And then as he begins to reveal to you what you need to do, what those boundaries might be, what those things that are just weighing on you so heavy are, then set some boundaries. And for me, that can be as simple as adjusting my schedule and just making sure I'm not overdoing it. And honestly, my wife is a lot better boundary setter for me than I am myself. Aren't you thankful for your spouse this morning who can speak truth to you when you, you can't see it yourself? And that's, that's one of the many reasons I think God gave her to me specifically with schedule. Um, and that's why I put her in charge of my calendar. I'm the eternal optimist when it comes to my time and what I think I can accomplish in that time. Got any eternal, eternal optimists out there? You can, you can conquer the world in a day, right? I have to remind myself that's not going to happen. She never holds me back. She just brings my head out of the clouds and gives me a good dose of reality when I need it. And the basic boundary for me is staying emo to staying emotionally healthy is to limit output. There's a reason that 80% of pastors never retire. It's because they quit first. 
They quit because of the stress, stress that could be avoided if they would just set some boundaries. And I'm not saying this is a boo-hoo story for me. I'm just telling you my own situation. I have to set boundaries or it could be too overwhelming. There's 1,200 people that call this their church. That's a lot of people to take care of. Not that I have to take care of them all. But there's a lot of situations come up. A lot of family issues that need to be dealt with. A lot of ministry things that have to be done. I used to be a cross-country runner, can you tell? I can't, I can't even count the number of runners. And I, I, didn't, I was not really great. I was pretty good. But I was only good not because of my shape or my body style or the way. I mean, I have short little legs. I'm bull-legged. I mean, I just don't have that perfect runner form, you know, that, that, that runners have. But I had something. I had a lot of heart and I had a lot of drive. And I couldn't stand getting beat by anybody. And so that helped me be better than I probably could have been physically. But I can't even count the number of runners I used to pass on the third mile. In a cross-country race, it's a three-mile race, usually on a golf course or in a park somewhere. And that third mile, I mean, just boom, 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 start passing people. And I didn't even really pick up the pace. I just kept the same pace. A lot of guys started out way too quick. They'd start sprinting right away. Pacing yourself back then was all about creating boundaries. I'm just going to hold back. Not going to go too fast. Not going to go too far. Just going just to pace myself. And our coach would drive it home to us that if we took off too fast, he'd be shouting at us at the mile marker, slow it down, way too fast, way too fast a time. I mean, I remember it. Because you always wanted to be out there right away, right? Slow it down. Come on. Run a smart race. I remember it. You got two miles left to pass them. Don't worry about them. And family relationships and all the dynamics that are created in the midst of those relationships. Don't think of boundaries as being negative in nature. They are positive. They can actually result in a great intimacy, in greater intimacy with those family members. Did you hear what I said? Setting boundaries and limits can actually result in a deeper intimacy with those family members, even the ones that are hard to get along with. We've said it before, vulnerability, everybody say vulnerability, creates intimacy. It creates intimacy in relationships. What's more vulnerable than speaking the truth to one another about your personal boundaries? Setting boundaries isn't about shutting down your relationships. The motive should be, and the result can be, longevity in those relationships. And when my kids uh, come over, all come over to our house to grill out for an evening or just play some games or watch a movie, they're free to come and go, you know, as they please. However they want. We really don't care, Alyssa and I. My two daughters, most of you know, married two brothers, which is awesome and it's a little different, a little unique. It's legal, don't get weird about it. It's totally fine. I think their kids are double cousins, and, and um, they probably, DNA-wise, would look more like brother and sister. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it makes sense to me, so I think I'll just say it out loud. Um, when they all come over, my, my two daughters with their two husbands, the two couples, they're completely different in who they are. They are both wonderful couples. One is not better than the other even though they aren't the same. You understand what I'm saying? They're different. They run their households differently, and they do things differently. And Alyssa and I don't take offense in those differences. We respect the boundaries we know that they each have as individual couples, and they respect ours. When you start getting into the it's not fair game, you're just asking for trouble. And what do I mean by that? Well, what if one couple comes over and the other couple comes over and then the, the one couple leaves, leaves earlier and, then, and, and it happens all the time that way and, and then this couple is always staying. If mom and dad don't have good boundaries and they stay too long um, or overwelcome or overstay, which would never happen with Alyssa and I because we, we just love to be with our kids. But if that happened and we didn't express that, then we could grow bitter towards them always coming over and hanging out too late. Understand what I'm saying? 
That's a boundary we would have to set. That's a boundary they would have to respect. What about the boundary of a kid who maybe comes over and leaves right away? Well, that's not right. Our other kids, they stay longer because they love their, they love their mom and dad and they want their kids to be around their grandparents. What if we had that attitude? First of all, that's a lie. That's not us respecting their boundary. Maybe they have good reason for going home early. The point is, I don't care. I love my grandkids if they're here. I love them if they go. And our family can run the way it needs to run when they're individual households. Who am I to tell them what their boundaries ought to be? I just need to set mine and be worried about mine and make sure that I'm being honest. You understand how much family drama that eliminates? It's so wonderful. Because you just don't have to care about that stuff. You just don't have to. It doesn't have to be a it's not fair game. Man, I've seen, I've heard some weird stuff. I mean weird stuff. Well, we have to do it exactly the same for all the kids in every situation or it's not fair. You can't do it exactly the same because you're dealing with different people. Did you raise all your kids exactly the same? If you did, you were wrong because you never got to know your kid. Every kid was different, right? I mean, I could spank one of my girls and it meant nothing. I could look at another one and she'd fall to pieces in a second. So should I just spank them all anyway? No. You work it, right? You figure it out. Same thing in our family relationships as you get older. You do the same thing. You just make your boundaries. You're honest with them. You let them make their boundaries. They respect yours. You respect them. And guess what? There's, per there's perfect, wonderful harmony in that. And family drama goes out the window. I'm excited because, and I, and I don't say this as a, ooh, good job, Pastor Beery. We're blessed. I get it. I know I give all the glory to God, but we're going to go on a family vacation when I turn 50 in June. We haven't done a lot of those. As pastors, you don't get a lot of weekends off. So we're, Alyssa and I are going to go up north. We're going to enjoy our time at a, at a house we rented, but we're taking all of our kids and our grandkids, and we're all going to vacation together. And you know what? That's awesome, right? I, and I think about the families that I've counseled with, that I've talked to, that could never do that because of stupid family drama that doesn't need to exist if everyone would just have some healthy boundaries and respect one another. You know how much fun we're going to have? My gosh. I'm going to be gone on a Sunday and fishing probably in the morning. I'm not even going to watch online. because I trust my staff and it's going to be awesome. I'm sorry, I'm going along here. Last point. Be led by the Holy Spirit. It takes effort to be balanced in the process of setting boundaries, and the only way you are going to accomplish that balance is to be led by the Holy Spirit as you begin to look introspectively at yourself as well as become intentional with setting boundaries. Jesus said, John 16, 13a, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Don't you want to be guided into all truth in reference to your boundaries? I would be. John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Church, if we try to set boundaries in our own ability, we will mess it up. Because there's human in that, right? It can be tricky stuff. I mean, there's, there, where do your responsibilities to family relationships start and stop? That's a hard thing to figure out. You need the Holy Spirit. When is it okay to, to sever completely relationships that we may have with certain toxic family members? There's a time for that. But when is that time? How strict or what level do we set those boundaries? We need the Holy Spirit in order to help us know. We need him to lead us into all truth. At, at what point does my reaching out with Christ-like love to a family member become empowering and enabling them to keep making destructive decisions? We can only know when we rely on the Holy Spirit. In our efforts to preserve family relationships, we can apply Colossians 4, 6, which says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how, how, to, how you ought to answer each person. 
We'll just say in your family right there. Okay, but in an effort to preserve the family and protect them from a toxic family member, at what point do we start applying 1 Corinthians 5.5? 5? You are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. That sounds like two conflicting things, and they're not. There's balance in everything, and if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you'll know when and what not to do. Most of you will err, most of us, I'll say it that way because it's true, most of us will err on one side of those, that scripture or, one, or the other one. Well, you don't find the balance. The only way you're gonna find that is to be led of the Spirit. This was Paul's advice for dealing this, this deliver this man into Satan, or to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. It was Paul's advice for dealing with a son who was sleeping with his father's wife. He was sleeping with his, his stepmother, and everyone was too worried or timid to say anything about it in the church. Everybody knew it, but nobody would say anything. And Paul's like, come on, man. No, he, was, he didn't Joe Biden them. He didn't say that. He just said, you guys are crazy. Take this dude and deliver him to Satan for the destruction of the flesh because he's in blatant open sin and nobody's saying anything about it. Sometimes it gets a point where someone has to put a boundary up and say that enough's enough. And sometimes we, we speak graciously, seasoned with salt, and we'll know exactly how to answer each person. These two scriptures complement one another. They're not at odds with each other. How can we know the boundaries we are to set for ourselves and for others within our lives? It's impossible, absolutely impossible unless you're led by the Holy Spirit. In reference to respecting family member boundaries, when do we, as it says in Luke 14, 23, go out into the highways and hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled? When do we go to that relative or that family member and just keep going and just hounding them, saying, you need Jesus, you need Jesus. You know, you're grown children and they, they used to go to church when they lived in your house, but they don't go to church anymore, and so you're just knocking on their door, you need to be in church. You're calling on the phone, you need to get your butt in church. They come to you and they, they're hurting and the first thing out of your mouth is, well, if you go to church, you wouldn't have these problems. You need to get in church. When do we use that scripture that tells us to compel them to come in and when do we stop showing up at their door in an effort to compel them and follow what Proverbs 25, 17 says? Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Are these conflicting? No. They're just, they're just, together, they're balanced. And so you gotta be led by the Holy Spirit to know when to hold them, fold them, walk away and run. Church balance is so key, and you can't have it without the Holy Spirit. You will either err on the side of not setting any boundaries that will eventually cause you to self-destruct, or you could theoretically set so many boundaries that you become a self-absorbed hermit which cuts off your ability to be effective in building his kingdom. Got to be balanced. Most of us, by the way, err on the side of not setting enough boundaries, and I think that needs to be said. My point is we must be Holy Spirit-led as we set them. We must take all the word of God and apply it to our lives and not just the parts that seem to justify our own actions. So measured boundaries. They'll bring order and organization to your life. How many could use a little more of that? And just like musical symphonies cannot be played without measures, the symphony of your life will sound like noise if you're not willing to set some measured boundaries. And don't be afraid to dive into and recognize your own limitations. Own them, understand those limitations, and don't beat yourself up for having them. We all have them, right? We all have them. Be intentional about setting boundaries. Ask yourself the tough questions and identify those areas that you need to put some healthy boundaries in place. Then put them into place and don't be afraid to share them with others. You have no right to be upset at others if you refuse to share your personal boundaries with them. And lastly, be led of the Spirit. Don't try and set your boundaries without letting the Holy Spirit be involved. That's just not smart. He's the only way you can achieve that sweet spot of balance especially when it comes to the dynamics of family relationships that are so complex. If you're in the house this morning or if you're watching online and you are living under 
a family dynamic that has been causing you stress or anxiety. It could be that you need to put your foot down, so to speak, and not only set a boundary, but communicate it to those you love. Would you just bow your heads for a second, please? And if you're at home, you know, bow your head and just, just, just in prayer, just in prayer for a second, bow your head. I would ask you this, if, if you are struggling with that, that whole anxiety and the family relationships, the dynamics that are involved in that are just robbing you of all of your, really your mental capacities to the, even the point where you can't be a part of building his kingdom anymore because you're just so caught up in the family drama. Or you're entered into a place where you're, you're almost shutting down or it's just self-destructive to you. And you need to set some boundaries just as an admission to God. Nobody's looking around. No one's looking. Would you, and at home, you can do this too. Would you just raise your hand? Say, yeah, that's me. I, I, I need to set a few more boundaries. I've, I've not put enough of them in place. Just raise it up high. No one's looking around. There's hands all over the room. This is a common problem, you guys. Where does our love for people and, and, and where does that meet where we have to say, you know what, there's a boundary here I need to set because enough's enough, too much is too much. I, I can't sacrifice myself for this area that this person is causing me grief in. Let's pray. If that's you, I'm praying for you this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone that's here today. I thank you, God, that you have made us uniquely different. God, that you have made us with certain limitations. We're all wired different. And even our experiences sometimes di dictate that to us. Our talents, our gifts, the financial position that we find ourselves in, God, all of it can play into it. But God, we just need your spirit to lead us and guide us and help us make those healthy, healthy decisions when it comes to personal boundaries. Help us learn to respect other people's boundaries, especially those within our family. And give us the strength and the courage and even the words, God, to use as we express those, our own personal boundaries to others. God, you want us to live a life of order, a life, God, that has purpose and isn't just running from putting out one fire to the next in our family relationships. God, I, I believe you desired us to have an abundant life a life full of blessing. So God, we make, we, we make a commitment to you this morning. We'll make some tough decisions. We'll do the hard thing so that we can do the greater thing. And Lord, we just give you praise because we know you're gonna help us get it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.